you know, we're not going to do that. <laughs> what an incredible thing, man. We're back at it, guys. Back at it. Next semester. Here we are, second day. I don't know about you, but I really look forward to this time that we get to hang out together in chapel. Because there's something about the body of Christ coming together. And the fact that we get to do that every day, that's amazing. It really is an amazing gift. And so easy for us to get to the place where uh, we might take it for granted. I think that's, I'm not an NCU alum. I kind of wish I was, to be honest. Um, but but uh, you hear that everywhere you go. So many NCU alum, they say, the thing I miss most is chapel. You might take it for granted why you're here sometimes, but it's an amazing time for us to come together as a body of Christ. Amen. So I want to talk to you guys this morning about the one thing. We've had an incredible last semester. Let's not forget about last semester. Do you guys remember? Do you remember? Like I said this yesterday, but the Israelites, they forgot a lot. And we tend to have that, we have that tendency as well. We tend to forget what happened in our lives. We, we have a victory and then we move on. We have another problem and we forget, oh no, what is gonna happen? Oh yeah, God has done this before and he's gonna do it again, right? I mean, you know, we forget and we've been, we've been through a hundred different difficulties and still the next one that comes along, we forget somehow. But don't forget what God's been doing in our chapel services. God's been moving powerfully in our chapel services. We've had healings. We've had whispers of revival, maybe even more than that, shakings of revival. Don't lose that because we had a Christmas break, because we had a break time. Now we're back together. And God is doing, this is not a normal thing. I don't know if you guys realize that. Have you been to a bunch of other universities? And I'm not saying anything about other universities, except this is a special thing that God does. Uh, here at North Central. And I, wanna, I, I think we've just begun to scratch the surface, to be honest. We have just begun. I think we have something that is unbelievable. You hear our president talk about it. He said, there's no other place in America like this. Like, wow, that's a bold statement. No other higher education institute where you can come into the presence like this. It's amazing. Let's not take it for granted, but let's understand also that we are just scratching the surface. There's more that God wants to do. We want to talk about the one thing this morning. We've had miracles. We've seen God do incredible things. We've had salvations right here in this chapel, right? Do you guys remember that? We had, we had a time of salvation altar call. People came forward and gave their hearts to Christ. Yep. How many times does that happen at a Christian university? I mean, that's amazing. It's incredible, right? We've had encounters. You guys are going out on Friday nights. What about PG stuff going on? God moving, right? I mean... And render, come on. I mean, people, God has been moving in this space. We talk about getting our joy back. I'm going to give you a key. The one thing that's going to flow right out of that song. The one thing that drives all the other things that we want in life. Let's look at the Bible. Luke chapter 10. It's a good place to start, the Bible. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. It's going to be on the screen if I turn this on. Yep, there we go. There it is. All right, let's read it together. You don't have to read it, but yeah, read it, but don't read it out loud. But unless you really want to, that's cool. But <laughs> As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village. And you guys know this story. Where a woman named Martha, not my wife, uh, welcomed him into her home. 
Verse 39, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Man, that sounds like us, doesn't it? Lord, doesn't it seem unfair? Like it's never right. Okay, so, I mean, we're always complaining, right? Lord, it's unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. I just want to ask you, North Central, what details are you worried about right now? What details are you upset about right now? Martha was upset. She was worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing. Everybody say one thing. Come on, say one thing. You guys, I mean, this is a movement, right? Out of IHOP, we've got a one thing conference, right? So this isn't a new concept, but it's one we have to keep revisiting. We cannot overemphasize this concept. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. The question is, have we? Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Father, we come to you. Help us to understand what this means in our life. We get it in our minds, but Lord, help us to understand what it means in our hearts, in our lives, in our choices this morning. What does this mean to seek you? That The most important thing is to sit at your feet. Lord, help us. We need your help. We confess that. We've heard the sermons, Lord. We've read this passage, but we're asking for your Holy Spirit download, your Holy Spirit discernment in our hearts and lives right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So number one is what matters most really matters. What matters most really matters. You know, there's a lot of things that we could say. You know, if I just... I was gonna do a little kahoot this morning. We didn't really have time for that. You know, you're probably tired of those things anyways. But the question was, what do you think is the most important thing in life to do as a Christian? And I had things on there like obedience, discipleship, uh, serving, uh, yeah, uh, spending time with God, uh, a bunch of these things. We're gonna take a little poll, you know. But what is the most important thing? According to that well, let's just, let's just look at another passage. Jesus, what did he say about it? You know, you know the story where the Pharisees were talking to him and saying, all right, what is the most important commandment out there? The most important commandment of all time. And of course, they're trying to trick him. They're trying to trap him. But he's like, okay. He says this in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: 37. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your Soul, I know it's confusing because some have four, some have three. But anyways, this one says, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And also adds another chapter or another book, adds all your strength. And he says, listen to, this, listen to these words. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Everybody say first. first. Come on, say everybody say first. first. And then say greatest. greatest. I mean, we can't underestimate those words. Like, greatest it's not almost you know pretty great sort of great it's the greatest 
What's the first commandment? It's the first and it's the greatest commandment. If you sum them all up, and this is a big statement, like, right, we're, just, we're not just talking about the Ten Commandments. We're talking about hundreds of laws, rules, regulations, gotta do's, and get to do's as well. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff, love your neighbor, all these different things, uh, be kind, don't kill, you know, all these things that are, that are listed in the Bible. There's a hundreds of do's and don'ts. And if you could sum it all up, this is important. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of like this. I, I like to know what is expected, you know. I like to know what is required of me. Honestly, this book sometimes can get a little bit confusing. Anybody there with me on that? I mean, you're kind of like, what is going on? The world is definitely trying to confuse it. You need discernment to be able to read this book. But we've summed it up in our family. And you knew I'd get a picture of my family in there if I could. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's my family, uh, myself, Martha in the middle there. Uh, again, not the Martha in the Bible, but... Uh, <laughs> but then we got uh, Rowan in the back. Uh, he's our oldest. He's 15. And then Evan is next to me. He's 13. Channing in the middle there. Look at that smile, man. All right. So Channing is seven and Clara. Oh, my princess. Uh, she's five. So but in our family, if, I, if, if, we were, if you were at my house this morning and everybody's leaving at different times to go to school. And the last thing I say to them is this. Two things. Some of you guys have heard me say this before. I say two things. And they always say back. Love God, love people. I just want them to process everything that they do every day through those two things. Because that's what this book is all about. It's loving God and loving people. But it starts with loving God. The first and the greatest. Thank you, Genesis. <laughs> She's new. You guys will get to know her. All right. But... <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna rub off too, watch, watch. I know it will, all right, I hope so, I hope so. <laughs> to love God and to love people. But here's the question, guys. If it's true that loving God is the first and the most important thing, the question is for us, is everything in our life pointing in that direction? Every choice we make, every resource that we use, the money that we spend, the time that we spend is everything in our life pointing in that direction. Anybody ever heard of a Jesus freak? Oh, yeah, from way back in the day. Well, we're not going to talk about Jesus freaks, but anybody ever heard of a Jesus nut? <laughs> anybody heard of a Jesus nut? Man, some of you guys might know what this is, but check it out. The Jesus nut is this thing right here. That's a Jesus nut, and the Jesus nut... Uh, it, or the Jesus pin as named by soldiers is the main rotor retaining nut that holds the main rotor to the mast of some helicopters. All right, so you got this, these, these blades here, right here, and it's connecting the, the nut, the Jesus nut is connecting those rotors to the, the spinny things, you know, to the helicopter. Now, do you understand that if that nut goes down... We in trouble. <laughs> if that nut goes down, if it gives way, if it breaks up apart, it's over in the bill. You know what I'm saying? It's over. But he said, it's over. Is that? No, all right. It's over. <laughs> More, listen, listen. <laughs> Bill's taking my thunder now, all right. Settle down now, Bill. All right. I will call you William. I will call you William. More generally, all right, the Jesus nut also represents in our lives any component 
that represents a single point of failure with catastrophic consequences. So the Jesus not for us is knowing God. It's having a relationship with God because if that nut fails, we will have catastrophic consequences. Doesn't matter how often you go to church or how often you go to chapel or how often you read your Bible. How many of you guys know that reading the word of God, the point of reading the word of God is not to know the word of God, but to know the God of the word. Did you get that? Some of us, we just read our Bible every day, you know, and it's a, it's a habit that we do and we get it done. It's just check it off the list. But the point of reading, don't even read it if you don't want to know the God who wrote it. It's an open door for us to come into his presence and to know him. Psalm 27, 4 echoes this as well. King David, right? The one thing, everybody say one thing. The one thing. I ask of the Lord, what is it, David? (laughs) The one thing that I seek the most, he had to say it twice, is to live in the house of the Lord, to dwell with the Lord. All the days of my life, delighting in the work of the ministry. Wait, no, I didn't say that. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Delighting in obeying the Lord, which is very important. No, it doesn't say that. It says, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. It represents in that Old Testament, that Old Covenant, it represents time with God in the secret place. So number one was what matters, matters, really matters. What matters most really matters. Number two is God wants us to know him. That's a pretty basic statement, but did you know that he has a passionate desire for you to know him, for me to know him. In fact, it's his number one desire. Above all the other desires, above all the other assignments that he's given us, he wants to know us. Everything is screaming for us to come back to know the Lord while everything in the world is trying to distract us, just like Martha in the scripture that we read, from this one thing. Above everything else, God wants us to know him. God has a wish list. One of the wish lists that he has is in, in Isaiah eleven six through nine. <clears throat> this is one of the things that was on my kids' wish list. They got it. It was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Anybody ever heard of that thing? Count of three. Tell me your favorite Christmas gift. One, two, three. Okay. All right. Cool. Somebody said Jesus. All right. All right. I feel that. All right. Right, God wants us to know him. Hosea echoes it in six in verse or chapter six, verse three. It says, Oh, that we might know the Lord. You guys gotta know that when you start a sentence with oh, it's important. <laughs> oh, that worship was so good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I didn't want to miss that exam. Oh, anyways, yeah, you feel it. <laughs> It's very important, right? It's very important. That's why we sing all those O's and all the worship songs. All right, anyways, you were wondering that, right? It's exclamation points. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on. Somebody say, press on. Do you realize that that means that it could be a little difficult? 
There could be a few obstacles in the way, but he says, let's press on at North Central University to know him and he will respond. That's good news right there. He's gonna respond when we come to seek him. As surely as the arrival of dawn with the coming of spring. You know, everything is screaming. Ever since the day that Adam and Eve fell, everything has been screaming. What's the point of it all? The work of Jesus Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit, it's all pointing us back to walking in the garden, walking and talking with God. It's, our, it's fellowship. And I feel like we have lost so much of that because of all of our working, striving, tasks, busyness, all this. We've forgotten the one most important thing. This quote from Bob Sorge kills me. Do you want to be near God in the age to come? Then demonstrate it by living close to him now. We all want to go to heaven. We all want to be with Jesus in heaven. But few of us are actually spending time with him on this earth. That's the point. There is nothing. Is it the the first commandment? Is it the greatest commandment? I know what you're saying. We'll get there. Number three, there is a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Just like with the word. You can know the word and not know the God of the word. You can know all about God. You guys have heard this example before. Get some celebrities up there, you know. Oh, not, yep. Get some celebrities up there. Maybe it's somebody else for you. But you know all about them. You know every detail of their lives. But guess what? If you met them on the street, you still have to introduce yourself because they don't know you. And there's no relationship there. Do you realize you can spend your whole life knowing facts about God, singing songs, and never actually know the God who made you? You can come to chapel every day and still not actually know the God who made you. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 highlights this. This is kind of scary stuff, President Hagen. This is scary stuff. I mean, Matthew 7, he says there that even some who do miracles in his name and cast out demons in his name will not inherit the kingdom of God. The work of the ministry doesn't qualify you in relationship. And what does Jesus say? He says, depart from me to those people who are doing the work. Why? Because they didn't work hard enough? No, because they didn't obey me, which is a very important thing. I keep keep saying that because that's tied back to relationship. We obey because of relationship. But it says, depart from me because I do not know you. But I know you, Lord. Yeah, but I don't know you. How does that happen? Because there's no relationship there. So how do we get to know him? I mean, man, I wish I could like make it more exciting, but I, you're like, you know, bring up stuff, you know, but it's, it's, it's the secret place. And here, I know what some of you are saying, and I, I've heard this as I've talked to students around this campus. It's a growing thing. It's a little deceptive uh, seed that the enemy is trying to sow. I've had this revelation, President Hagen. I just spend all day with God. 
I don't have to have a quiet time with him or a, or a time alone with him. I just spend all day with him. I just want to say this. If I went to my wife, Martha, and say, honey, I've had a revelation. We don't have to have date nights anymore. We don't have to celebrate your anniversary anymore. We don't have to celebrate your birthday anymore because I'm with you all day. Oh, oops. And it wouldn't work the other way either. Honey, let's just go on date nights. And then I'll go stay somewhere else. <laughs> we'll just get, that's called dating. That's not marriage. You know what I'm saying? Right? See? Oh, it's both. It's both. It's you setting aside specific time with God. And Ellington, when you come, it's you setting aside specific time with God and spending all day with him. So it's, oh, Jeff, there's more to worship than singing. Absolutely. But singing is also worship. Yeah. Both are important. Spending time with God in prayer, alone, in the secret place. And God's calling us back because there's nothing more important in your life. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I don't care what career you get once you graduate from North Central. If you've done it without relationship with Jesus, it will not matter. It will burn up. Now, does he want you to do great things from graduating? Does he want you to study? Absolutely. But everything is born out of intimacy with God. I told you at the beginning of the message that you're going to get your joy back, right? How does that happen? Oh, maybe you lost your joy because you stopped hanging out with the joy giver. I mean, it's not, really, it's not rocket science. Like maybe you stopped hanging out with the healer and maybe, now I'm not saying, because there's time for all that stuff, right? But in, even at the point where we say, oh, okay, I understand, Jeff, I understand. I gotta, I gotta seek God for my healing. Yeah, but it goes one step further. I would say this to you, don't seek God for your healing so much as you just seek the healer for relationship. Because when you hang out with the healer, the healing is gonna rub off on you. Do you understand? When you hang out with the one who provides, the provision is gonna run, rub off on you. But God is not a Santa Claus in the sense that he just wants you to come and ask him for provision. He wants you, now he will because he's a good God. He loves to provide. In fact, he provides when we haven't even asked. But he wants relationship with you. That's why, and the, the provision flows out of that. Well, Jeff, I thought the Great Commission was the most important thing. The Great Commission, right? I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to do? But guess what? The Great Commission only flows out of the Great Commandment. And the great commandment is to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then you will witness to the nations. It's a process, right? So you don't get it all done and then you go, right? It's, a, it's happening at the same time. But the point is you've got to spend time with Jesus. Do you want to do something great for God? Of course you do. 
How is that gonna happen? It starts in the secret place. Do you wanna do better on those exams? Let's just get real practical. I mean, yeah, study, right? But you gotta have a relationship with God and he will increase your ability to study and to remember and to process and to solidify the truth that's been brought to you in your classroom. Yes. He will help you. Do you need a miracle? Some of you do. Maybe that's not something that you'd be like, oh yeah, I need a miracle, but... Do you need a miracle? Don't just seek God for the miracle. Seek the miracle worker, the person. Can you guys stand? I know we're past time. That's only the second day, all right? We'll get it worked out, you know, as we move into the semester. Now listen, 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 listen. Don't disengage on me. Don't disengage. So I know if you have to go, that's totally fine. No worries, but if you have a couple minutes, well, I wanna go back to what we talked about at the very beginning. What did Mary do that Jesus highlighted? Are we talking about the one thing? What did, what did Mary do that Jesus highlighted? She did what? She sat at the feet of Jesus. Some of us are so busy and so crazy that we don't have the ability to sit at the feet of Jesus. Do you want your joy back? Do you want your life back? Do you want your health back? Do you want your peace back? I'm thinking if you want your peace back, it'd be good to hang out with Jehovah Nisi. I don't know. It'd be good because he's the God of peace. And he, that peace will rub off on you. Too many of us are seeking human methods first. I'm not saying they're bad. The human methods first and Medicine first, not saying medicine's bad, but if we do those things and we never seek first the kingdom, how in the world, how are we gonna expect to get our peace back if we don't hang out with Jehovah Nisi? How are we gonna get our provision if we never hang out within relationship with Jehovah Jireh? So what I'm gonna do as Ellington plays, I'll get, we're gonna let, make a space right up here as some of you, you know, this is, we, we, got, we cannot let this go, guys. We cannot let this go. Don't fool yourself and think, yeah, I'm spending a little time with God once a month, you know. My studies come first. No, I'm sorry. I mean, I love this institution and I am desiring, everything that I'm doing, I'm trying to work so hard to help you do what God's called you to do. And you will do great things in your field. But you must spend time with Jesus. And you will be blown away at what he does through you out of the overflow of that. You will impact the nations and to steal President Hagen's phrase, you will water the earth if you will hang out with Jesus. So as, as I pray, as Ellington plays, we're gonna make a space up here for you to come and sit at the feet of Jesus. Take a few minutes, take an hour, whatever. So Father, we come before you and we repent first and foremost for putting so many things before you. Let's go ahead and come on down. Come sit at his feet and just spend a few moments just communing with him. Lord, we come to you today. We repent for putting so many things before you. And we say, Lord, we want to be with you. Your word is calling us. You are calling us 
your heart to fellowship, to walk and talk with you. So we come this morning to sit at your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Mountain, you, if you want to sing, you can. Let me sing.